Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hawk from RightSource here talking um, governance. And actually, one of my favorite topics to talk about, um, apart from governance, is uh, culture. And we spend a lot of time um, with boards and working with boards. And what I wanted to share over this, this sort of get-together and the next few, we'll do a series of four, is how, how to manage or how governance can help you influence the culture of your organization, specifically through the board. Now, there's a lot of um, recent conversation about board culture and how important it is. But also, it, when you read a lot of these articles and talk to people about board culture, it's very elusive. Like, what is it? It's very hard. You can't see it. You can't hold it. Um, and it, because of that, it makes it very hard to really you know, understand how you can affect it and how you can change it and manage it. So that's really what I wanted to show today was sort of, um, or go through today, some of those tools that you could do to actually help you actively manage the culture of your organization through actively managing the governance at a board level. Now, some people, especially in the not-for-profit or where you're a volunteer director, will say, well, I'm, I'm not a professional director, I'm, I'm a volunteer, or I'm just doing, I'm just doing this out of the, you know, for the right reasons, but I don't really affect culture. I mean, I might come to a board meeting once or twice, a, or once a month, or once every other month, um, and that's all I do. I don't really see much. It uh, doesn't really affect culture, does it? Well. It really does, and I suppose that's the thing that uh, before I started being involved with boards, I probably would have had the same view. It's like, well, if you're just going to a board meeting and you're participating a bit, you're not really there a lot. How does that really affect the culture of the organization? But there's definitely a culture that starts at the board, and even how that board operates and the, the output it has, even if it doesn't have output, so the absence of output is also something that evidences culture and that evidence that you provide to the organization is what helps create the culture of the organization and also helps create the alignment of culture so um, sometimes problems with culture relate to a misalignment so that there's different people different areas doing different bits of culture which then is bad culture so really that ev those evidence points and being able to provide that alignment for the organization from the cultural point of view is what we're going to do and so, so far, this has been a very theoretical conversation. What I want to try and go through over the next four, four sessions is actually dive down into, well, how can you actually use governance to affect culture and make an actual change? So let's dive in. So the first one is around motivation. And you want to understand why people are there. Now, this is fundamental, I think, with any job that someone's doing, is why are you here doing this work? Why? Um, and the same applies to directors. Like you want to understand, well, why is it you've taken a directorship position in this organization? And in my experience, there's a number of different reasons that um, directors will have. The first one is um, status or ego. And not necessarily the best reason to take a directorship position on, but it definitely is one there. And people will take it because they, they want to you know, have that on their resume and they want to have that... Um, feeling that they're in a role of importance. Aligned to that 
and similar to that is sometimes you're taking on a directorship position purely from a career point of view. So doing a directorship position in a not-for-profit will allow you to get experience at a directorship level, which will then allow you to do other directorship um, roles, potentially move from a volunteer role to a paid role, or have a directorship career that is completely legitimate and something that people do. Other reasons that you could be there is basically you just want to give back or you've reached that point in your career where you just want to give back, you want to be part of something that does some good and you're there for more um, philanthropic or uh, purposes that are to do with, I suppose, your um, the giving back. The next one, which again is related to that one, is where you've had a lived experience that has affected you. So either um, you see this a lot in foundations that are set up for loved ones that have been lost to either disease or um, suicide or, or those type of things that people want because they've had that lived experience or they've suffered from it themselves, they want to help prevent that happening for others. So they get involved in these organizations and that's why they're there. So the very different reasons and motivations as to why you would be on a board. And understanding the motivation of directors helps you then fill in your, or get an idea of what they're gonna contribute while they're there, what you would expect of them. And this feeds into where you do, so a tool that you'd be using potentially is a skills matrix or capabilities matrix. And this is where you do want to have some of that behavioral or motivational aspects in that matrix to understand what people are looking to get out of the role or what people are bringing to the role. So if they bring lived experience, that's an important aspect to have in the board and you can have that and use that. So understanding people's motivations will allow you then to align them to the organization and the purpose. So similarly then, you've got your skills matrix. The other thing that helps with aligning the motivation is your role description. So understanding, well, as a director of this organization, what is it that we expect? Now, that will play differently depending on with people, depending on what their motivations are. If they're there for a career aspect, they'll be very keen to understand what that role description is so they can do it well, so they can prove themselves and, and move forward. But similarly, if someone's there because they care and they want to give back, they'll be interested because their motivation is to make sure they're contributing the right way. Again, that role description will help them, though their motivation is different, it'll help them align to the role. So they will also want to do the role well. So it allows that alignment to happen even though the motivation is different. And then similarly, when you look at board charters, that's again a similar sort of thing. Like people might be there for different reasons, which again isn't a bad thing. It feeds into diversity as well. But where you want to understand, well, how do we operate as a board and how do we interact? Again, having that charter helps align the behavior and align how everybody operates. Now, this then comes back, why is that alignment and behavior important? Culture itself, if you wanted to try and define culture, which is, I think, a very hard thing to do, so I'm going to try and do it really simplistically, is beliefs and behavior and how people interact. So by giving guidelines on how people interact and why, and understanding why they are there, you help manage or curate the behavior. You can't, it's hard to dictate behavior, but it helps to align the behavior to the what you want to see. And that behavior then also helps to um, support beliefs and that is what helps your culture. So setting a board charter doesn't change your culture. Setting a board a charter with role descriptions, understanding people's motivation, 
and then ensuring that the behavior is in line with that, that is what helps start the culture happening, helps give you that consistency and gets you to a point where the governance and those, those evidence points in terms of the process actually starts to guide the behavior of the organization and starting with the board and that will permeate down. By following that similar process, that understanding motivation, aligning it to the goals of the organization, aligning it to the position that you're in to then feedback and interact well, will then be able to be done consistently through an organization. And that's then how the governance and the culture interact. The governance provides the template for the behavior and the guidelines so that people then can align and have a culture that is in alignment. Well, I find it interesting, you started with motivation, we're talking about how, um, how directors are motivated differently. And I mean, when you start talking about that, maybe you think, well, how can people with different motivations create a culture that's in alignment? Well, that's sort of what we talked through. So really the motivation isn't important in terms of what it is, it's important in understanding the motivation and then guiding that motivation towards and using it. And that's, I suppose, that's what I wanted to cover today in terms of motivation and how governance can help with that cultural aspect and, and create that alignment. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.